search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures of faith are never enough. And you came along and put me back together. morning and welcome to our, first, our service here at First Church of New Knoxville. We're so glad that you are here with us this morning, gathering together as one body to worship the Lord. Um, and that includes all those that are listening on the radio and watching on Facebook Live as well. We're so glad that you've decided to worship the Lord together with us today. Uh, I'm, your, I'm your worship leader this morning, or excuse me, lay leader this morning, however you want to look at it, which means that Pastor Tori will be sharing a message with us later in the service. I'm so glad to, that we get to hear a message from the Lord from her uh, during the service today. 
But we have some announcements before we continue on in our service. I invite you to open up your bulletin with me and, and continue to check out the announcements that are in there. But I do want to highlight a few for us this morning. We do extend our love and sympathy to the families of Sue Lehman and Art Shaw, who both entered into Christ's care this past week. Please be in prayer for their families. We also want to extend congratulations to Justin and Victoria Bruns on the birth of their son, Noah, who was born on Tuesday, November 3rd. Congratulations to Justin and Victoria, and continue to pray for them as well. The Rose on the Altar this morning is in honor of Mike and Lynn McCabe, who will celebrate 56 years of marriage on Saturday, November 14th. Happy anniversary to them. Next week, we'll have a new member Sunday. We'll be receiving new members into the First Church during the morning worship service on Sunday, November 15th. If you or a family member would like to join the church, please see me after church or call the office as soon as possible. It's always exciting to welcome new members into our First Church family. As I mentioned, there's other announcements and and the such in the bulletin this morning. I encourage you to check those out, as well as if you're listening on the radio or watching on Facebook Live, you can find our bulletin on our firstchurch.nk.org website. At this time, I invite all those who are able to stand as we recite our call to worship from Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord and praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let all the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. For he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. I invite you to remain standing as we sing our first hymn this morning, taken from the blue hymnal number 97. Uh, It's a good reminder for us this morning that no matter the events of the past week and no matter what transpires in our world, we can always crown him Lord of all. Let's sing number 97, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name.
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This time I want to invite the forward children, the children forward for children's chat. Uh, and as they are coming forward, take a moment. And I did this a few weeks ago, but I think one of the things that we're missing recently with the pandemic and everything going on is an opportunity to greet those around us. So as the children come forward, take a moment, wave to your neighbor, say hi. Uh, we do have a special guest with us this morning for children's chat. It's Sam the Shoebox from Operation Christmas Child. You guys see Sam the shoebox coming in? Good morning. There are lots of children here today. Come up and have a seat. I have to stand up today because I can't sit down very well. And I can't bend over very well either. So I'm just going to pretend like I'm a walking box, okay? You want to come sit down? Today, Pastor Tori will be talking about valor. What is valor? Usually we think of a knight in shining armor or someone who is brave and strong, like a hero in a war. Proverbs 31, our scripture for today, talks about women of valor who bravely and faithfully Give light to people around them. Why am I wearing a shoebox today? To tell you that our mission is to serve God and his love to all the people of the world. Judges 6.12 says, The Lord is with you. O mighty men of valor. So it doesn't really matter what people might think about what we do as long as they can see that we are doing God's work. Do you think I look silly in a shoebox? It doesn't matter. There's a purpose for it. We always trust God. Do I sometimes get nervous before I talk to the people in the church? Sometimes, but I know that God is holding my hand, and I know that he tells me what to say. I have to believe that with God's help, I can do this. And believe me, last year, my first year as project leader, I didn't know if I could do this or not. And I found this little sign. Can you hand me that little sign right there? I can't reach down and get it. Can you hand it to me, please? It's a secret. I never told anybody that I put this in the bathroom downstairs. And it says she believed she could, so she did. So with God's help, I was project leader for last year and also for this year because I know that God is helping me to be brave and strong and courageous and not be nervous when I talk to the people in the church. Valor makes me think about a Steve Camp song. And I thought about singing it, but I don't think I'm going to sing it, but I'm going to tell you the words because it tells me why we pack shoeboxes. These are the words. 
Some people want to live within the sound of chapel bells, but I want to run a mission a yard from the gates of hell. And with everyone you meet, I'll take them the gospel and share it well. So look around you as you hesitate, for another soul just fell. Let's run to the battle. Do you have your armor on? We're in the middle of a raging war. We've been training for so long. But have we learned to use his sword? We may not be ready, but we serve a mighty Lord. And he's made us more than conquerors. So what are we waiting for? Let's run to the battle. He has trampled down the enemy. And he's given us the victory. When we pray, we learn to see that his army, we are marching on our knees. Marching on our knees means that we're praying. Prayer is the first thing that goes in every shoebox. And every shoebox is prayed over many, many times. So let us pray. Lord, give us the faith to run to the battle as your valiant warriors. Help us to remember that prayer is the first thing we should always do. We should always pray. Just as prayer is the first thing we put in a shoebox. Bless each shoebox and every child and family and community that will receive its impact. Lord, I thank you for the individuals and businesses that have or are still going to donate combs, washcloths, clothes, soaps, toothbrushes, and other items. I thank you for the second and third grade Sunday school class that gifted OCC $50 last week. I thank you for the individuals that have offered financial contributions. I thank you for the individuals and the Sunday school classes that have packed shoeboxes. Lord, I pray that out of your labors, done in love, you be glorified. Amen. You may go back to your parents. Amen. Thank you very much. You guys can head back to your seats now. As they're heading back, I want to take a moment and uh, just remind you how you can continue to be involved in Operation Christmas Child. Uh, the, the time to pack boxes is quickly coming to an end. Uh, next week is the collection Sunday. So if you have packed boxes and have them at home or have an empty box that you still intend to pack, uh, please make sure you get that into us next Sunday so that we can load up all of the boxes that we've collected and send them on to the shipping site. There's also still opportunities to uh, pack boxes here at the church. There's still items that people have donated that we've been able to collect over uh, over the past year. And uh, and you, if you'd like to come and, and pack a box rather than go out to the store and buy items yourself, there's an opportunity uh, still later on this morning after the service as well as Wednesday night to come in and pack boxes. If you're not aware, the uh, kind of the location of all those items is on the second floor um, right over there kind of above the elevator. So there are still opportunities to get involved in the most important thing to do, as Sharon pointed out to us, 
or should I say Sam the shoebox pointed out to us, is pray. And so I want to encourage you, whether you're packing boxes physically or not, you can still pray for the ministry and pray for those that will receive them this Christmas season. I also want to, I want to take a moment and acknowledge uh, Veterans Day this morning. Uh, Veterans Day is coming up this week. Uh, it's the day that we remember all those who, who served in our armed forces. And so I want to take a moment and, and ask if you have served in a branch of the military to stand up so we can honor you this morning. That includes the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, as well as the National Guard and Reserves. Do we have any veterans here with us this morning? All right. Wonderful. Let's take a moment and thank them. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for uh, the sacrifices that you have made for this country and for the freedom that we are able to experience because of your sacrifices. We thank you for that. Uh, We're going to do things a little bit differently this morning. So as the praise team comes forward, I'm going to invite them to come. And we're going to worship together before we go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, As we do that, I want to remind you to be in prayer for the names that are listed in your bulletin and the families that they represent. As we mentioned at the start of the service, please be in prayer for the families of Sue Lehman and Art Shaw, as well as for the Bruns as they welcome a new life into their family as well. For those names and those those families, uh, each represent current situations. So please be in prayer for them this morning. Please lift them up to the Lord throughout the week and know that we can be praying uh, for each other, whether our names are in the bulletin or not. We have a responsibility and a privilege to pray for one another as the body of Christ. So let's take time this morning before we go to the Lord in prayer. Let's worship him and remember that there is that he is a holy God who is able to meet our needs. I invite you to stand with us and sing only a holy God.
Let's pray together. You are a holy God, Lord. And you are the, the, Lord Jesus, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we worship you as the one and only this morning. Lord, we worship you as, as the one holy true God. And we cast down our, our idols. We, we put aside our distractions, Lord, and worship you and you alone. Lord, we help us to see your goodness. Help us to see your holiness and your righteousness. Lord, help us to see it even in the midst of difficult times, even in the midst of uncertainty. Help us to see that you alone are King of kings and Lord of lords, and help us to worship you as such. We do pray this morning and and pray for your blessing upon Operation Christmas Child. We ask, Lord, that you would provide, uh, not just here at our church and what we are doing, but all around this nation as churches and organizations and individuals are packing boxes. May you provide, Lord, and may those boxes be a blessing, not just materially, but spiritually, Lord, to those who receive them. We also thank you for our veterans here this morning. Lord, thank you for their sacrifice. Thank you for their service. Lord, thank you that they willingly put themselves in harm's way for our good and for our freedom. And we let us not take that for granted, Lord. And, and may we honor them this day and every day for what they've done for us. Lord, we also pray for our nation. We pray, Lord, that you would be with us in the midst of, of these, these difficult times. Lord, we do pray for those in authority over us, as your word calls us to do. So we pray for our governmental leaders our national, state, and local levels. We pray for all, na- all branches of government. We pray for our president as well as our president-elect. We pray for Congress and the Supreme Court. We pray especially for those who are just elected to office. May you grant them wisdom to guide us well, to lead, and to serve this nation and our state and our local governments. Lord, may you receive all the glory. Lord, help us to remember that no matter what is going on in our world, No matter who is president, no matter who is in Congress, no matter who is on the Supreme Court, Lord, no matter what nation we live in, you are king of kings and you are sovereign and you are always good. And Lord, help us to remember that, especially this day. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. This time I want to invite forward Jake. He's going to have our scripture reading for us this morning. Good morning. If you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, our scripture today comes from Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. 
She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grabs the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchant with sa- merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you for the beautiful weather, Lord, and the ability to enjoy the sunshine on this morning, Lord. God, I pray that you would be with me um, as I speak from your word this morning, Lord, that I pray that you would be big and I would be little. God, I pray that uh, you would open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us and what we hear, we would obey. Amen. So when you hear the word valor, what images come to mind? For some, you might be thinking of someone in the armed forces who put their life on the line and valiantly fought for our country. Others might think of a superhero like Wonder Woman or Superman who continually fight against the forces of evil to protect their their cities. When I hear the word valor, I think of my former boss, Diana Shiflett. During my time at North Park, I had the privilege to serve as her youth ministry intern at Naperville Covenant Church for four years. And Diana was not only my boss, but she was and still is my mentor. She taught me more in four years about ministry and life and faith than any youth ministry class ever could. And during my time as her intern, I saw her work tirelessly for her family, for the church, but ultimately for the kingdom as well. She courageously follows the Lord in all that she does, whether it's something like running a Wednesday night youth group or stepping into the messy and hard moments of ministry with teenagers. The thing that I admire most about Diana is her relationship with the Lord. She fears the Lord. She puts him on display in in her life every single day. And her relationship with God is really the driving force behind her life and her ministry. You know, Diana isn't a superhero. She hasn't served in the armed forces, but to me, she's a valiant warrior for the Lord. So this morning, like Sharon talked about, we're going to be talking about valor. Now, the Webster Dictionary defines valor as courage or bravery in the face of danger, especially in a battle. And that's a good definition of valor, but the valor that Scripture talks about is a little bit different. The biblical meaning of valor in the Hebrew language is defined as strength. So it can mean strength of military, but it can also mean strength of mind, strength of body, and strength of character. So the word valor can be used to describe a mighty warrior, but it can also be used to describe someone 
who lives their life with the da- with da- lives their life daily with bravery and courage that comes with and guided by the wisdom that comes through fearing the Lord. So over the past couple weeks, we've been walking through the book of Proverbs. And when Pastor Joel was mapping out this sermon series, he came down to my office to get my thoughts on Proverbs 31. And during that conversation, I volunteered myself to preach on this passage. And I knew that preaching on Proverbs 31 was going to be a little difficult for me because it's not my favorite passage in Scripture. I love what Proverbs 31 has to say, but over the years I have heard this passage taught in really not, not so great ways. Um, and so in the churches that I've been a part of over the years, Proverbs 31 is kind of the typical Mother's Day passage, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But unfortunately, Proverbs 31 is really easily taken out of context. And it can be taught to us as women as a checklist or a job description of how to become the ultimate woman of God. And don't get me wrong, I believe that Proverbs 31 has a lot of really good wisdom for both women and men. But when we treat it as a checklist or we treat it as a job description, it begins to lose its true meaning and what God had intended for it. So this morning, in order for us to faithfully tackle this passage, we need to make sure that we put it into its proper context. So first, it's important to note that Proverbs 31 is directed towards men. Verse 1 says, The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired oracle that his mother taught him. So the words in this passage were given to King Lemuel by his mother, outlining what she wants her son to look for in a future spouse. And not only was it dating advice for the king, but in the Jewish culture, men would memorize this poem and they would sing it to their wives before the Shabbat meal. And it was a way for the men to give honor and glory and praise to their wives for all that they are and all that they did for the family. And so at its core, Proverbs 31 is really a celebration song. It's a celebration of valor. And if you read this passage in your Bible, you'll often see the woman described as a woman of noble character. Or maybe the heading in your Bible will say the capable wife or the virtuous woman. And those are all good words to describe this woman. But our English translations of scripture don't quite capture the true value and the true strength behind the Proverbs 31 woman. So this passage begins in verse 10 by saying, A wife of noble character, who can find? So the Hebrew word used to describe this wife of noble character in Proverbs 31 is eshet kayil. And the word kayil means strength, warrior-like strength. And eshet kayil, when put together, means woman of valor. And so right off the bat, this pas- in this passage, it tells it that us that this woman isn't just capable. She's not just virtuous or noble. She's strong. She's valiant. And she's worthy of all of the praise she is about to receive in this entire poem. And so the woman in Proverbs 31 is praised for a lot of different things. The first thing being her character. So in biblical times, women were seen as second-class citizens. Wives were typically put in the same categories as servants, and they were not trusted with anything of value. And in fact, when most men would leave their wives at home for the day, they would lock up all of the valuable things in the house before they left because they didn't trust that their wife wouldn't take all the valuables and leave. So trust really wasn't a foundation in many marriages in biblical times. But the woman in this passage is different. 
Her relationship with her husband is different because she's trustworthy. And her relationship with her husband reflects that trustworthiness. It says in verse 11 and verse 23, the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good and not evil. Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. So trust has been built into the foundation of this marriage by the way that she lives. She brings him honor in the way that she lives and the way she conducts herself both in and outside of the home. Her support and her love for her husband is evident to the people around them. They know that she's different. They know that their relationship is different than the rest of the relationships around them. And she adds to her husband's reputation by supporting him in the work that he does at the city gates. So the woman in this passage is not only trustworthy, but she also speaks wisely. Her character is shown in the way that she speaks to those around her. She doesn't go around starting or spreading rumors. Gossip is beneath her. And she knows that her words have power. So when she speaks, she chooses her words wisely. It says in verse 26, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and loving instruction is on her tongue. So the valiant woman in Proverbs 31 is respected because of her wisdom and kindness, and because her wisdom shapes the words that she says and how she says them. So the woman in this passage is praised for her character, for her trustworthiness, for the way that she uses her words wisely, but she's also praised for the works of her hands. When you read through Proverbs 31, one thing that's pretty evident is that the woman in this passage is a hard worker. In fact, the majority of this passage outlines the work ethic of this woman. The first thing that we find out is that she's a provider. In verses 14 and 15, it says she's like the merchant ships bringing in food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. So she's up early working in the morning and often burns the midnight oil to provide for her family, to make sure that they are fed, that they are clothed, and that they are well taken care of. But she's also a businesswoman. And verses 16 and 23 speak to her, the, her business savvy that she has. She considers a field and buys it, and out of her earnings she plants a vineyard. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with, sash, with sashes. So this woman knows the value of hard work, and she knows the value of a dollar. And she takes the money that she, that she gets from her work, and she invests it and goes and does more work with it by planting a vineyard. So she's a provider, she's a businesswoman, but she's also a servant. She not only provides for her family, but she also extends that care and that love to the poor and needy around her and also her servants. The verses 15 and 20 say that she rises while it is still night to provide food for her household and portions for her female servants. Her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. So she seeks to care for the people around her. She knows that she has been blessed to be a blessing and that she can bless those in need around her. And so for all of those things, as well as her character, she's praised by her husband and her children. But her work ethic and her character is not what makes her a woman of valor. The thing that makes her a woman of valor is her relationship with the Lord. 
The driving force behind the life of this valiant woman is her relationship with God. It's solid, and we can see the deep trust that she has in him woven throughout the things that she does and the way that she lives. Verses 21 and 25 says, When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. You know, in biblical times, the future was stressful for a lot of people. Weather and threats to the land, like snow, could send people into a full-blown panic because most of their livelihood was wrapped up in the land. And so the woman in this passage, she's prepared. She has worked hard to prepare her family and for the future, but she also trusts God with that future as well. She knows that he knows what's going to happen, that he has blessed her to be prepared enough, and that she doesn't need to be overly worried about what's to come. You know, Proverbs 31 ends by drawing on the main theme that runs throughout the entire book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Verses 30 and 31 say, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. So the valiant woman is not praised for the superficial things in this world, like looks or charm or beauty. She's praised for her relationship with the Lord and the way that she centers her life on the Creator and works diligently to use the gifts and the talents He's given her to bring glory to Him. Now, if you're like me and you've read through Proverbs 31 a couple times, you might feel a little overwhelmed or maybe even a little bit discouraged by how amazing this woman is. You might even think that there's no possible way that you could ever be like her or do all of the things that she does. And guess what? You don't have to. Because remember, Proverbs 31 is not a checklist. It's not a job description for us to measure ourselves against on whether or not we're truly being women of God. It's a celebration of what godly wisdom looks like lived out in our daily lives, within the roles and the circumstances and the seasons of life that God has placed us in. So if you think about it like that, it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. And it allows us to see where we can serve God in the places and spaces that he's placed us in, right? So if you're a stay-at-home mom, awesome. Live into that role with the strength and valor that God has given you. If you're single, step into this season trusting in God with your future and living for him every single day. If you work outside of the home in any capacity, use your God-given wisdom at work and put your relationship with him on display with your coworkers and the people around you. You Proverbs 31 isn't a checklist. It's not a job description. Proverbs 31 shows the unique roles and abilities and gifts that God has given his people to bring glory to him every single day. The woman in Proverbs 31 is described as a woman of valor, but she's not the only one to receive that title. In fact, the only other person in all of Scripture to receive the exact title that the Proverbs 31 woman has is Ruth. Now, if you've read through the book of Ruth, it's a pretty short book, so I recommend reading through it. Um, But you'll see that Ruth really doesn't fit the description of a Proverbs 31 woman. Ruth was a poor, widowed foreigner, and she spent her days just trying to survive, gleaning from the fields around her. 
She didn't spend her days making clothes or taking care of a family or finding new business investments. But yet, Boaz, before he marries her, refers to her and praises her for being a woman of valor. Ruth 3, verse 11 says, And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. So Ruth was known around town for her valor. People knew of her commitment to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and the way they knew the way that she tirelessly worked to provide food for her family, and they also saw her love for the Lord on display in the way that she lived. Ruth was known as a woman of valor, not because she perfectly fit the description of a Proverbs 31 woman, but because she lived her life with strength and with valor and guided by the wisdom that comes from the fear of the Lord. You know, Proverbs 31 and the story of Ruth are examples of people who lived wisely. They provide us with a blueprint on how to live wisely in our daily lives as well. You know, as I was studying this passage in preparation for this morning, I was reminded that the wisdom in this passage isn't just for women. It's for the entire body of Christ to live into. In fact, Bruce Waltke in his commentary on Proverbs 31 said, The valiant wife in Proverbs 31 has been canonized as a role model for all Israel for all time. Wise daughters aspire to be like her, wise men seek to marry her, and all wise people aim to incarnate the wisdom she embodies, each in his own sphere of activity. You know, I believe that the the valiant wife in this passage is a model for us today as the bride of Christ. And we're all called to live into that wisdom that's outlined within Proverbs 31 as the church. We're called to be a valiant church that is ready and waiting for when Christ, our bridegroom, returns. But what does it look like for us to live as the valiant bride of Christ right here, right now? Well, first, it starts with a relationship with the Lord. A valiant church is shaped and molded by its relationship to God. The fear of the Lord was evident in the life of the Proverbs 31 woman. Her character, her relationships, the way that she lived was all shaped through that relationship. She talked the talk and she walked the walk, and that was evident in everything that she did. And as the bride of Christ, we can learn from her example. You know, Pastor Joel just had a great sermon on the power of words and using our words wisely. And I won't rehash all of the things that he said. But I do want to remind us all that the things that we say, whether it's face-to-face or on social media, all of those things matter. And as the bride of Christ, we have to make sure that the words that come from our mouth are wise. We need to remember that to speak truth to those around us, to choose our words wisely, and to make sure that the things that we say reflect our relationship with the Lord. The Proverbs 31 woman also put her relationship on display um, with the Lord through her relationship with her husband. She knows, she shows us what single-hearted devotion to God looks like through that relationship. The Proverbs 31 woman trusted her husband in his leading. She was obedient to him in all that she did. And as the bride of Christ, we're called to be completely devoted to Christ, the bridegroom. Single-hearted devotion requires trust. We're called to trust Christ and his leading in our lives by submitting our will and our plans to him. 
Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So part of being a wise follower of Christ means that we submit the plans that we have for our lives, the path that we want to take, all of those things to him and allow him to choose what's best for us and lead us in the way that he wants us to go. But single-hearted devotion to Christ also requires obedience. You know, I used to work at a daycare in the toddler room, and we had 12 to 15 two-year-olds in this room all going through the terrible twos. And the temper tantrums were off the charts in that room. And it was almost comical to see what would cause them to go in a full-blown meltdown. And it was always over the silliest things, like asking them not to shove a goldfish up their nose during snack time, or asking them to pick a crayon up off the floor, or share a toy that they hadn't touched or looked at all day long with a friend. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Obedience is really hard for young kids, right? But obedience is also really hard for us as adults, too. There are times that God asks me to do something for him, and I am like the two-year-old in my daycare class that goes kicking and screaming because I don't want to do what he says. But obedience is necessary for us as Christ followers, right? First John uh, chapter 2, verses 3 through 6 says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So in this passage, John links obedience and love for God together. And really, they're inseparable, right? Because if we love God, we will be willing to obey what he tells us to do and what he commands. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean that we're going to readily obey him every single time that he asks us to. But eventually, our love and our relationship with God should lead to obedience, If we want to be the valiant bride of Christ, we need to follow the example set forth by the woman in Proverbs 31. Our lives need to be rooted in relationship with Christ. The way we live, the words we speak, and the relationships we have with those around us need to be shaped and informed by Christ. The valiant woman in Proverbs 31 has also praised for her hard work. And as the bride of Christ, we need to make sure that we are honoring him with the works of our hands. You know, the woman, the Proverbs 31 woman knew that her work had purpose and she provided for her family. But ultimately, ultimately, everything that she did, she did for the Lord. The roles and the duties that she did were meant to be an example for us on how to diligently work for the Lord and the tasks that he's given us in the here and now. And Paul talks about what it looks like to work for the Lord in Colossians 3 verses 23 through 24. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. So think about the work that Christ has given you to do, the big and the small tasks. Are you serving him? Are you working for him in the things that he's given you to do? And as the valiant bride of Christ is the church, are we as first church working for him in all that we do here as the body of Christ? The Proverbs 31 woman worked hard for her family, but she also served those around her. She was prepared to extend care and help to the poor and the needy in her community. 
And she was wise in her service to other, others, making sure to build in a little extra to give to those in need. Deuteronomy 15:7 through 8 says, If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend to them whatever they need. You know, I'll be the first to admit that this is an area that I struggle in. I am not always the most generous person, and sometimes I could probably be classified as more, or characterized as more tight-fisted and hard-hearted. And the Lord is, is constantly having to check my heart in this area and remind me of the call to serve those in need. And I'm probably not the only one in this room that struggles with that area. Uh, but the question for all of us as the body of Christ is, are we prepared to extend that love and care to the poor and needy in our community? Do we give with open hands and open hearts, or do we keep a tight fist and a tight grip on the things that he has given us? And really, is our love for God put on display by the work that we do and the way that we serve those around us? You know, at the beginning of this sermon, I shared with you all that preaching on this passage was going to be a struggle for me. And I really honestly wasn't sure where the Lord was going to take, take me as I studied this passage. And I kind of put it off for a little while just because I wasn't quite ready to dig into it. But I can say that through studying this passage, that the Lord worked on my own heart. Proverbs 31 went from being this unrealistic checklist and job description to more of a blueprint on how to live as a Christ follower. And like I said before, Proverbs begins and ends by focusing on the major theme running throughout the entire book. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I believe that Proverbs 31 challenges us to ask the question, am I living as the valiant woman or man that Christ calls me to be? Am I drawing on the strength of the Lord by putting wisdom into action and living out my faith in God on a regular basis? You know, my prayer for us this morning is that we would all use Proverbs 31 as a guide, as a guide for putting wisdom into action in our daily lives. And I pray that we would be people who are known by our love for God and that we love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that we love our neighbors as ourselves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, again for this morning. I thank you for the example of the Proverbs 31 woman that you gave us in your word, Lord. God, I pray that as the body of Christ, as your bride, Lord, that you would help us to live into these words, that you would help us to, um, to walk wisely, Lord, to, um, be, to show our love for you through the things that we do, the words that we say, and the way that we live our life every single day. God, we thank you for this wisdom in the book of Proverbs and ask that you would help us to put it into action. Amen. Now if you'll stand um, and join us in our last praise song, uh, Waymaker.
And now as you go from this place, may you allow the word of Christ to dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You may go in peace. You are-